You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with the heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let us pray. Almighty God, I pray that you would humble sinners and exalt the Savior by the power and grace of your Holy Spirit for the sake of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Amen. A uh, fun conversation to have is about things that are underrated. Let me tell you a few things that I think are underrated. Underrated holiday, Thanksgiving. All the fun football and food of Christmas without the stress of presents. Underrated drink, aha sparkling water. Look, I do not like sparkling water. I'm not a fan of LaCroix. But aha legitimately tastes good. You don't have to pretend like it tastes good just because it only has one calorie. Underrated bargain in Birmingham. Sam's Super Sandwiches in Homewood. You go into Sam's, they give you a big, fresh hamburger for $3.50. It is a steal. Underrated barbecue restaurant in Birmingham. Miss Myra's in Cahaba Heights. Like, I love Saul's and Moe's and the Golden Rule in Irondale and Dreamland, but nobody talks about Miss Myra's. I think they have the best brisket in Birmingham. They've got great smoked chicken. They have the best white sauce in Birmingham, and they bring it home with banana pudding. Very underrated. And finally, underrated football coach, Bill Clark of UAB. He's a winning machine. He's one of the best coaches in the United States, and he gets no attention. It's a coup that the city of Birmingham has been able to hold on to Bill Clark. Now, what happens when things are underrated? When things are underrated, we tend to fail to enjoy and appreciate and to take advantage of them as much as we could. Well, in Acts chapter 2, it describes a major event in the New Testament, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And on this day, the Holy Spirit comes down and enters the heart's of believers. It creates a reality that we know as the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, whereby when a person puts their faith in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in their heart now and forever. And I contest that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost is the single most underrated event in the entire Bible, and that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is perhaps the most underrated gift that a Christian receives with their salvation. So today I want to look at Pentecost as an underrated event and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as an underrated gift. And I've been somewhat lighthearted to open this sermon in talking about underrated things around Birmingham. But I want to look at these two underrated things through a more serious lens. I want to consider Pentecost as an underrated event and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as an underrated gift through the lens of this question, how do I get out of bed in the morning and how do I survive today? Almost everyone has had a season in their life of grief and of disappointment or of depression where the idea of getting out of bed in the morning and surviving a day seems like an insurmountable challenge. And I believe today during the COVID-19 crisis that a large portion of our population is struggling with these two questions. And so I'll communicate that Pentecost 
and the gift of the Holy Spirit give you the resources to face dark days with hope, peace, and joy. So first, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit as an underrated event. In Acts 2, Joel, uh, Luke cites the prophet Joel. And in this citation, Joel uses apocalyptic and end times images such as wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood. Now these are images that are all associated with an event in the Old Testament known as the Day of the Lord. In the New Testament, everything is moving towards the second coming of Christ. That is the appointed end that all of history is moving towards. Well, in the Old Testament, the terminology for that appointed end is the day of the Lord. On the day of the Lord, God will come to earth. He will rule, and his rule will be manifested in all the world. The day of the Lord is the moment that all of history is moving towards in the Old Testament. And when Jesus comes to the earth, this constitutes the first installment of the day of the Lord. God has come to earth. He has established his kingdom. His rule is being manifested throughout the world in the miracles and the preaching and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is the beginning of the end, leading up to the second coming of Christ, which is the second and final installment of the day of the Lord. Now, the coming of Jesus as a divine person is consistent with the Jewish expectations of the day of the Lord. We see in the text, the servant text of Isaiah, and in the Son of Man figure in Daniel, that Jews expected a divine person, a Messiah, to come to the earth at the day of the Lord. One thing that we underteach and that we undersell is that Jews also expected an outpouring of the Holy Spirit to come at the day of the Lord. In Acts 2, when the Spirit comes down, and people are miraculously speaking in foreign languages, folks begin to speculate about what is happening. No one is particularly clear on what exactly is going on. But in verses 14 through 16, Peter explains. Luke writes, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Now this word addressed has the connotations in Greek of one who is speaking with divinely appointed authority. And Peter says, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So Peter is connecting the dots. He is explaining this is not a random occurrence. This is a big deal. This is a major inflection point in all of redemptive history. This is the moment that all of history has been moving toward. This is the day of the Lord. God came to the earth in a localized manner in the person of Jesus Christ. And God came to the earth in a fuller manner in the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. Now, you can probably understand why I say that Pentecost is one of the most underrated events in all the Bible. But you also might ask, well, that's great, but what does that have to do with my struggle to get out of bed in the morning and to make it through a day? Well, whatever happens at a big picture, global level in the New Testament always trickles down to the benefit and blessing of the individual Christian. 
And that brings us to our second point, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit as an underrated gift. Now, in verse 13, some people interpreted the events of Pentecost through naturalistic eyes. They say they're filled with wine. Their best explanation is that the people are drunk. They could not see the supernatural and spiritual reality. Now, too often, we as Christians live as de facto atheists. When hard times come upon us, we tend to view them through a naturalistic lens. We forget the spiritual and supernatural realities. We act as if Christ never rose from the grave. We act as if the Holy Spirit never came. And if we view our challenging circumstances through a naturalistic lens, then we will naturally try to muscle our way out of bed and muscle our way through hard times. And if you try to operate out of the power within in dark days, there is no way that you can experience any hope, peace, and joy. We have to remember the gift of the Holy Spirit. We have to remember, as Paul said in Romans 8, that the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the grave dwells in you. We have to put on a spiritual lens and remember that the Holy Spirit is with us and that we can rely on him. Now, I want you to imagine what it would have been like to have lived in the first century and to be an individual person to whom Jesus came and to whom Jesus called. What would it have been like to be a fisherman? And there on the shore stands the Lord Jesus Christ calling you to come and follow him. What would it have been like to be a leper whom Jesus physically touched and healed? What would it have been like to be a sinner whom Jesus put his arm around and said, your sins are forgiven, go in peace? What would it have been like to be a child whom Jesus picked up and embraced in his arms and held in his lap? I also want you to think about what it would have been like to be a person on the day of Pentecost, to have the Holy Spirit come down upon you, fill your heart, and enable you to do things that are supernatural and beyond your natural capability. These are comforting thoughts if you are a person who is struggling to get out of bed in the morning and struggling to survive the days. Well, commentator Howard Marshall said this. He said, at the moment of conversion, each person experiences their own personal Pentecost. Notice in Joel 2, which cited in Acts 2, how God says that he will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and my female servants. What Peter and Joel are communicating is that the Holy Spirit of God comes to every person who puts their faith in Christ. If you have put your faith in Christ, Jesus has come to you. He has called you personally. If you have put your faith in Christ, you have had your day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit has come down upon you. It has entered your heart and your soul. You may not necessarily feel it or perceive it, but in actuality, God came to you. And when the Holy Spirit came to you, he brought the power and the presence of Jesus Christ. 
pastor and theologian Brennan Manning uh, told a story about his days of ministry in New Orleans. And there was an elderly man uh, who was bedridden, and he was dying. And he had very few visitors. Only Manning and the man's daughter would come to see him. And so the man admitted to Manning that he struggled with doubt, and he struggled with feeling the presence of God. And so what the man did is he had an empty chair that he placed beside his bed, and he said that he would imagine that Jesus was always sitting in that chair. And when he prayed, he would pray out loud, and he would talk to the chair, believing and trusting that Jesus was sitting in that chair. Well, the day came when Manning got the call that the man had passed away. So he immediately went over to the house, and the caretaker shared with him that it was kind of a peculiar story how they found him. When she came into his room and realized that he had passed away, They found his body in his bed, but they found his head laying in the empty chair that was always beside his bed. Now, from past seasons, I know what it's like to have those dark days. You wake up in the morning, and it's as if there is this messenger sitting beside your bed with a cold, expressionless face, and he reminds you of the pain and the darkness that you're in. He reminds you of your loss. He reminds you of your divorce. He reminds you of your disappointment. He reminds you that you've lost your job. He reminds you that your business is folding. He reminds you that you're all alone. He reminds you that you're sick and you're vulnerable. And before you can even put your feet on the ground, your heart has been broken all over again, and that cloud of darkness and depression is already hovering over you. Well, I want you to know that on the other side of your bed sits the Lord Jesus Christ. He has a kind and warm look on his face. And he says to you, do not be afraid. I am with you. I know exactly what you're going through. I have died for your sins, and I will never leave you. All you need is the grace for today. And I will give you that grace one step at a time. That grace is a person. That grace has a name. It is called the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you that it is worth getting out of bed. By the power and grace and presence of Jesus Christ, you can make it through the day. Let us pray. Almighty God, glorify yourself in us for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.